You're listening to the Longbox Crusade podcast, episode 38, featuring the brave and the bold, number 12, cover date at June 2008, part of the JL May 2023 podcast crossover event. Welcome to the 38th episode of the Longbox Crusade. I'm your host, Pat, a.k.a. DJ Christatos. Normally, the Longbox Crusade is a podcast where each episode, a random cover month and year is chosen, and then an issue is selected from one of the Longbox Crusade crew members' comic collection. In each episode, we summarize, review, and reminisce about the issue, ads, and events of that time period. But for this very special episode for JL May 2023, We are covering the Brave and the Bold, issue number 12, from June 2008. You might be asking yourself, what is J.L. May? Hey, Pat. Oh, yeah, Jared, yeah. What is J.L. May? Well, Jared, I am glad you asked. J.L. May is an annual podcast crossover event celebrating the Justice League. This year, for 2023, we podcasters are covering the Brave and the Bold series from 2007. Throughout the month of May, participating podcasts will release special episodes like this one, covering the issues of this series run. It all kicked off on May 1st with the Overlooked Dark Knight podcast. Please check out It All Comes Back to Superman podcast that covers the Brave and the Bold issue number 11, which is the issue before the one we're covering today. Then head on over to Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast And give a listen to Al Sedano and Tim Price talk about Brave and the Bold, issue number 13. Be sure to check out all the other podcasts covering JLMA 2023 by following the event on social media using the hashtag JLMA2023. Jason. Hashtag JLMA2023. Jared. Hashtag JLMAY2023. Delvin. Hashtag, I'm following Batman. Yes! <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Sorry, uh, I got confused. Hashtag, Jail May 2023. And that's hashtag, Jail May 2023. We hope you join us in this fun time we're having. Now that you've heard them go around with the hashtag, let's go ahead and introduce them real quick. And while I'm doing that, I want each of you to give me your current crusade in 10 words or less. And we will start with Jared. Hamilton versus Burr, second printing, all done. Gotta go pick. You know, you, 10 words or less. You didn't have to do the... It up tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations. That's very cool. I'm so excited to see the new, uh, holding my hand with the new cover that Mark and I did. So I'm yeah. looking forward to it, too. I've got a sneak peek. It looks great. Thank you, sir. 
can't wait to see it. Get it in my hands as well, too, and <laughs> get that Kickstarter going, right? Yeah, there'll be a Kickstarter soon to follow where people can get their hands on it. Awesome. Maybe going on by the time this gets released. Might be done. I don't know. <laughs> I suspect it'll probably be going on or about to start when this comes out. Keep a lookout for that on the socials. Speaking about the socials, let's talk to Jason, the Weasel Skull Albrick. He's all over those socials this time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I dipped my toe back into it. I suppose my new crusade is trying to repair my relationship that I just told the guys about. We got, <laughs> got some drama. <laughs> Over the long box crusade. So other than that, it's just watching blacklist. So you know, repair my repair my relationship, watch blacklist. One of those won't hurt you. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> Raymond Reddington never let me down. <laughs> well, I wish you all the best in either one of those ventures that you have going. All right. Well, let's go ahead and talk to Delvin the Dark Web Williams. Delvin, how are you? I'm good, Pat. Thank you for asking. And I guess if I had to say something about a crusade is uh, my uh, brother and sister-in-law coming into town tomorrow. All the events are open. I was just going to ask, is that events open or events closed event? <laughs> I, of, of course the events are open. I mean, I, I always put the events <laughs> open for people that I love or at least like. Come on. Yes, yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up, like, uh, torch interrogating Jason, like, Vietnam prisoner style. <laughs> Where are the files? I got, I got those passcodes, didn't I? <laughs> what is the passcode? <laughs> I'll talk. Let's turn on the air conditioner. I begged the man for a fan. He's like, I ain't got no fan. <laughs> I had to go buy a fan. <laughs> he, he asked for a fan, and I was like, I support you in every venture that you've been in. What, what are you Let's talking go, about, Jason? Jason. <laughs> Came back and gave me a space eater. <laughs> oh man, good times. Those are good times. Well, have fun with that, Delvin. Say hello to them for us here and everybody listening. Sounds like it'll be a good time at Casa Williams. If you want, Pat, I've got a Superman joke in the spirit of Crusademus. Sure. Let's go ahead and do that. All right, here we go. Why does Superman always carry an adapter plug with him? I do not know. So he's from the DC universe. Oh. Electrical joke. <laughs> Making a good outtake. Oh. <laughs> My son's an electrician, so he'd just be rolling on the floor laughing, right? <laughs> DC universe. All right. Well, with that, why don't we go ahead and get started with this show? But before we do, I want to invite you to be a part of the show by submitting your comments, memories, which might be featured on a future show. All links and pictures for this episode are in the show notes, which can be found at the website longboxcrusade.com. Please add the podcast to your favorite podcast feed or on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and at YouTube, all at Longbox Crusade. You can also leave us a voicemail at 707-532-5269. That's 707-532-LBOX. Pick up the phone. We hope you come along and join us on this crusade to read them all. Now, before we get started with this episode's issue review, let's take a quick podcast promo break, and we will be right back. Just when you thought it was safe to hear our podcast promo. JL 
The annual podcast crossover event celebrating the Justice League is back. And we're covering the 2007 Brave and the Bold series that started with Mark Wade and George freaking Perez and ended with J. Michael Straczynski. Throughout the month of May, participating podcasts will release special episodes on issues in the run. It all kicks off in the Overlook Dark Knight podcast. Follow the event on social media using the hashtag JLMay2023. Coming this May. JLMay do 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 brave and the bold do 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 comic books do 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 Mephisto. Hey, welcome back from the break. Today's adventure from the long box is. Brave and the Bold, number 12, cover dated June 2008. The credits for this issue are provided by Mike's Amazing World of Comics. Publisher was DC. It's got a cover date of June 2008, but its on-sale date was April 16th, 2008. Cover price was $2.99. Editor is Joey Cavallari. Writer, Mark Wade. Penciler, Jerry Ordway. Anchor, Bob Wycheck. Letterer is Rob Lay. And colorist is Tom Smith. This was reprinted in The Brave and the Bold, The Book of Destiny hardcover from 2008. Cover credits go to George Perez. And speaking about that cover, let's get a quick cover description from Jared. You got it. The DC logo is the swooping star version, and it's in red and white. The Brave of the Bold title is white on a black background, and the main action is a classic team leaping into battle shot as they come at the reader with Earth in the background. Superman takes center stage and surrounding him clockwise, starting at noon, is Firestorm, Ultraman, Green Lantern, Supergirl, some of the challenges of the unknown, Flash, some more challenges of the unknown, Metamorpho, and Wonder Woman. Back to you, Pat. Thank you, Jarrett, for that challenging cover description. Before I told them what it looked like, it was unknown. Exactly. And you know what? Speaking about unknown, let's go ahead and find out what we all thought about this cover. And I'll kick us off with the question of Ultraman. Who's Ultraman? He's Superman from an alternate universe, Pat. Ah. I, I think he's the Superman that hangs out with like Owl. Yeah. The Wonder mm-hmm. Woman version that wears all black, but I can't remember what she calls oh, herself. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah I, I think it's Earth 2. 2? Okay. Yeah, okay. I think you're right. Yeah, I think that's Earth Two version, and they have a version of the Justice League called the Injustice League. Uh, they're like crime syndicator. Yeah, yeah. yeah. sounds right. Owl, Wonder Woman, <laughs> yep. Justin Black. Okay. With that, I'm just gonna go over a few other notes that I got here. This gives me a Crisis on Infinite Earth vibe to it. Is what it gives me on this Verified. one. Uh, I like the heroes. They all are looking sharp and good colors on this one. With that, let's go ahead and find out what Delvin thought. It's George Perez, and even if I thought it was the most terrible cover ever, I will never besmirch the name of George Perez. So, I mean, there's that. The man is a legend. 
obviously everything's drawn well um, on the cover. I don't think there's anything special about it necessarily, but seeing as how this seems like the end of a long running storyline, and I'm going to guess probably building up for the entire year. It's going to be my guess. I, I bet I have this in my collection somewhere. As soon as I looked at this cover, I was like, I think I have this. But I'm not sure, but I think I do. Mm. And I think this is the end of a year-long storyline because Lord knows all the plot. Well, we're not talking about story, but yeah. yeah. By the time you got to this book, you know, you don't even need the cover to sell you on it is what I'm saying. Even though that said, you know, you might see a couple of Superman and like some big time characters coming at you. And you figure something big is going to happen and you'd be right. I think this would be a cool t-shirt to have. I mean, if you just take out the world and all the background, and you just had those characters coming at you on, on a T-shirt, I'd buy that. I don't know if anyone would know who Challengers of the Unknown are, but then you could flex your comic book nerdology on them. They're like, who is this? And you're like, Challenger of the Unknown, and just smack them, you know, mm, as, yes. as nerds are wont to do. So If they knew who they were, then they'd be Challengers of the Known. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Excellent right. point, Jason. Yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. Speaking about Jason, Jason, go ahead. Give us your thoughts on this. Well, I'll just just reflect what Delvin said about George Perez. Top of his game always looks great. Action poses, gets a lot of folks onto a little bitty space and does it well. I think the only thing I'll add is just the eclectic mix of everybody. You've got Superman, of course, front and center. And then you got some stalwarts like Green Lantern and Wonder Woman. You got some fan favorites, Firestorm in there, but, you know, having challenges and unknown. And then you got Metamorpho hanging out back there. And then Ultraman in the top right cover. It really makes you go, what the heck is going on in this issue? So it's an attention grabber, that's for sure. And and well done at that. Sure. Yeah, I get the feeling that George Prez probably cranked this out pretty quick. And it just amazes me that even when he just cranks something out pretty quick, <laughs> it's really good. Like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> this is probably like B level George Perez, which is like a level everybody else. Yeah. So, I mean, even though I said B level George, Perez, it still looks good. It's, it's a great looking cover. They probably had him cranking out a dozen of these or whatever. And uh, they always look good. And certainly what caught my eye was the challengers of the unknown. Cause much like Delvin, I got that feeling that I read this book back in the day which was a Tuesday, by the way. And the thing about it is back then I had nothing on the challenger. And since then I have read the DC, uh, what do they call them? Essentials, the, you know, the thick, that's yep. Marvel essentials, DC showcase showcases yep. of the challenge, the unknown volume one. So that I was much more like, it's weird how having that knowledge, I, I gravitated towards the Zim on this cover. I was like, Oh look, the challenger. Cause I know who they are now. They are now known to me. And so that's what really kind of caught my eye. And then like Jason said, oh, there's Metamorpho. Oh, there's the Jason Rush Firestorm. Like there's a an eclectic group going on here. Let's find out more. So yeah, that's that's that. Seems like this one was a good attention grabbing cover for us all. Yeah, good way to do that. It's just to to mix people you don't always see together, you know? I think mm-hmm. we talked about that in a recent s- Chronicles. Because Namor and Spider-Man just looked so good together because you don't see them together that often. Yeah, that's a good grouping. And I like how they kind of spread it out, the challengers. You know, they weren't just kind of grouped together. You got the Flash kind of splitting them up a little bit. All right, well, with that, let's go ahead and get into a synopsis for this issue. And that is going to be brought to you by Delvin. Delvin. 
The title of this issue is Sunstroke. So Superman, Ultraman, the challenges of the unknown, and Green Lantern are all in Wonder Woman's invisible jet, heading for the sun, which is green, because Magistus stole Green Lantern's power battery and plunged it into the sun. Yeah, that was like the first two pages, y'all. Good Lord. <sighs> so Green Lantern gets the team into Magistus' headquarters, and of course they fight. The Supermen battle him while GL tries to undo Magistus' machinations, which is a big red cloud about to envelop planet Earth. <sighs> The red cloud was powered by some sort of so some sort of solar battery that turned out to be Firestorm wrapped up in Metamorpho. GL figures out how to undo that, and the challengers take an artifact, the Philosopher's Stone, and June, who felt out of place as a challenger, redeems herself by using the stone to stop the red cloud and save planet Earth. <sighs> but wait, there's more. Magista said that he was trying to save the Earth from an upcoming crisis. That's right. The C word in DC. And, oh yeah, June kind of died, but she kind of didn't because that's how you truly become a challenger of the unknown. Everyone get that? No? Mm -hmm. Well, back to you. <laughs> back to you, Pat. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Delvin, for bravely and boldly telling us the story synopsis. All right. Well, with the story synopsis out of the way, let's get to the story review. On the Longbox Crusade, we do we ask a couple different questions here. And we'll start with the first one. What did you think about the story? And we'll go to Jason. Well, story was uh, apparently I jumped in on the tail end of a regular barn burner here because I had no idea what was going on. I don't know how Ultraman ended up teaming up with all those folks. I don't know where he went when he left. I'm not sure how the challengers were all involved. I did like their involvement. I thought it was pretty cool. There were some artifacts that they had to recover. Apparently, this bad guy had gotten all the artifacts, and so the challengers were kind of releasing the artifacts. Firestorm popped up. That was cool. Um, two Supermen. That was all right. Uh, punchy, punchy, and roll credits. <laughs> Thank you. This issue did jump in right into the action a little bit that was happening here. I really liked the part where Green Lantern got to get recharged up because I, I like Hell. Hell's Hell's my guy. Some people don't. I, I like Hell as my Green Lantern. Maybe like it's just because, yeah. yeah. Maybe that's just because that's the one I started with Hell. But you know, as we talked earlier on a other long box issue where we covered. The Kyle Rayner Green Lantern as well. That was cool to see. I wasn't really sure what was going on with this one too, where it gives me that vibe of crisis. What's kind of happening here? And they kind of hint something out. Uh, I think this is on the cusp of another crisis coming that's going to be happening. And I wasn't sure on how to pronounce that guy's name. What was it Magistus? Megagist? I got that last syllable, and I think you got it right. I think it's Magistus. Magistus, okay. Where is he from? Is he like a old-time villain? Arizona. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Magistus villains up in here, boys. <laughs> no idea. I saw the name, and I was like, I don't know. Looks like a nerd. <laughs> but he seems like he's a villain from... Like an older time, like, is he a, uh, like a... 
Justice Society villain? Or I have at least had my toe in the DC universe now. Oh my god. It's coming up on 30 years. Like I started collecting some DC in college. I don't ever remember the name Magistus. So Jared's okay. not in his head. I don't see Jason like saying it. It's Jason. I ain't heard of him, Pat. Okay. Well, anybody listening, let us know. I would love to learn a little bit more about the DCU. So where is this guy from? What what can he do? Seemed like he had metamorphos, some powers that he got from metamorpho as well, too. Yeah, Superman kind of dissed him. Yeah, Superman called him a fake A metamorpho. Like, dang, Superman. Superman <laughs> used it on crack the insults. And I, I would have thought that would have came from Ultraman, the way that guy was talking, too. But, Jared, what's your thoughts on the story? There's a couple things I liked in there. Like you guys said, it was clearly a lot going on. But I can segue right from that Superman, because that was a part that I liked. Is that Superman almost Peter Parkered that guy and just goaded him into, uh-huh. you know, hey, you know, I'm surprised you haven't busted with the kryptonite yet. And the guy was like, oh, I think I will. And he knew he was like, like even Superman, I think he knew that, of course, he knew that Ultraman got more powerful from kryptonite, but he also knew that he needed someone aggressive and ruthless in that moment. And he knew Ultraman uh, was the guy for that. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he was like, you know, Superman is the kind of guy that was like, who kind of pulls his punches. I don't really want to hurt this guy, but he's like, you know, Ultraman, he ain't going to pull no dang punches. And we, we're at an end of the world situation right now. So this is like the Boy Scouts way of keeping himself clean and bringing in the big guns at the same time. <laughs> I will say though, cause at the end, like when Superman was laying into him, somebody said, that's enough Superman. And he said, this guy tried to, just yeah, the world. True. yeah. I'll yeah. say when he's had enough. He, Superman had had it up to his Jerry Curl spit curl thing going mm. on. There. Like, I'm so, gonna give him some help. He gave him help. That's right. They <laughs> <laughs> should have never gave y'all powers. <laughs> Anyways, and of course, I I alluded to it during the cover. You know, having within the last couple of years read the challenges of the unknown essentials it really made me give more focus to that and it it really brought a lot more weight to the story because in all the old challengers that i read from that showcase okay june was always they always referred to her as the honorary challenger mm. she was sort of okay. you know she, the friend of the challenge challenger jason you get a jumpsuit you get to hang out at the headquarters but you don't really go on missions because it's too dangerous for a girl you know, because that's when these comics were written, like in the 60s and 70s. And so to me, it felt very rewarding to see her, you know, because because they really quite address that, you know, like she's a yeah. challenger now, like yeah. she has. And it was really neat to see her step up. So having that background really changed the impact of this whole issue for me. Like I was like, that is really cool. And having the background, the challenges, because if you see them just kind of running around in their purple jumpsuits, as I think the casual DC reader would like, okay, challenges, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I guess, whatever. But what's really neat about them is their their origin story, and, and I don't remember all the details, but how you know they were. It's basically like a fighter pilot, a scuba diver, some smart professor, a stunt man, and the guy with red hair. I don't remember. They all have like a whole thing they do, and they got caught up with this big mystical thing that they should not have survived, but they did. And they basically said, we're on borrowed time now. Like, like we should have died then. And they all agreed, you know what? We're not shying away from anything anymore. You know, having that background is yeah. cool because here you see that. They're running side by side, shoulder to shoulder with some of those powerful heroes on Earth. Mm-hmm. And they don't care. You know, they're like, we, we are here to get this done. And it, it was just kind of neat. It was very cool to have that background. So 
basically what I'm saying out there is if you're a listener and you're a casual fan, it's not the worst idea to go grab some of those showcases. And sometimes, yeah, those older books can be a little repetitive and feel a little bit more like you're reading homework sometimes <laughs> than a modern comic, but it paid off here. I was reading, I was like, this is cool, this is cool. And when that Challengers moment came and June stepped up, I was touched. I was like, oh man, this is like 40, 50 years building? Very cool. So I'm a little more excited, <laughs> but I, yeah. it's because I had that background. So hey, well, pick up a showcase every once in a while. Do yourself a favor. That's good because I one of my questions in reading this is, this felt like they were trying to bring the Challengers back into the DCU a little bit. Yeah, it like, did feel like they were trying to like they they were going through their old files one day and were like, hey, <laughs> yeah, we got to bring these guys. We got the challengers. Why don't we do something with them? So I was wondering if they were doing that or were they around earlier in this run or in the DCU at this time or were they just bringing them in and use this as a way to pull them in and mm -hmm. go now? You want to see more adventures? Go get the new challengers of the unknown series where they go trying to find June. Yeah, and and. That's my big bullet point three on the story is what a cool way to end it. June gets her hero moment, you know, for a fraction. And there you think she sacrificed herself to save everyone, which is touching. And he's like, yeah, she's a true challenger. And then they're like, wait a minute. Her, like her name wasn't in the book or what? Well, I can't remember. But it was like, no, she's still a lot. We just have to find her. And I'm like, what a great challenge. I want to read the challenger story where they go find June and save her. Like that is super cool. I agree with that. I thought that was a really cool ending. And even though I didn't have that storied history that you had of the challengers, I did get the gist that she was some sort of honorary member or she hadn't faced death or cheated death at some point. And that was her moment. So I really enjoyed that as well. Very cool. It was just neat to see them taken seriously. Although in the movie Teen Titans go to the movies, there was a great joke in there where Robin was mad because all the big DC Guys got invited to the premiere of like the new Batman movie. He didn't get an invite and he snuck in and he saw the challengers of the unknown were in the crowd. He was like, the challengers, the unknown got an invitation and I didn't. <laughs> anyway, I thought that was funny. That's a deep cut, <laughs> deep cut there. <laughs> well, thank you, Jared. I'm glad you brought some extra information for us about the challengers of the unknown. I, I was just glad to have that when I read this. Cause just like Delvin, he said, I think I read this back in the day and went, that's neat. But it was completely different lens after having read the showcase. Definitely. Delvin, what's your thoughts on the story? I'm grateful for Jared's feedback. That's a sign of good storytelling. Who wrote this? Was it Wade? Yeah. Like, yeah, Mark Wade. Mark Wade's an excellent storyteller, obviously. I mean, he's written across both Marvel and DC. And just picking up just off of the Challenger arc alone, you got the sense that June got her redemption story and you got that just from this singular issue like minus everything that jared said i still got that idea yeah. that june had a redemption arc and that was standalone cool and then now we have the extra added detail of knowing that this is a storyline that was 50 years in the making so this was something that mark wade apparently had read maybe in his childhood and cared about and said you know what I'm going to bring her back and I'm going to give her this cool story arc. So that's really awesome. The rest of it, my goodness. I mean, by the time that it got to, <laughs> you had Metamorpho that was completely warped 
and being like this power battery or whatever. And they sort of chipped away at him and Firestorm was inside of Metamorpho. I was like, what in the world is going on? <laughs> when they opened up and Firestorm was in there, I was like, okay. Gumbo Baggins. <laughs> like, it was like somebody was inside of somebody. Yeah. It's a Russian <laughs> nesting doll of superhero. They had to go into the in sun here. to get to the battery so that they could get Firestorm out of Metamorph. <laughs> I was like, there's so many levels. Yeah, it was, it was deep. It was definitely deep. And it's sometimes the fun and the bad of being plunged into the end of a story like this where you just kind of have to just shrug your shoulders and say, okay, cool. This is a thing that occurred, right? As opposed like, like, why are they in Wonder Woman's invisible jet? They didn't have any other thing to get them close to the sun this way? Was the sun still emitting heat? You know, why was it emitting heat if it were green? And why did he go and choose the sun as headquarters in the first place? Just, 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 just go along with it. <laughs> you may as well, because if you try and figure it out, like without picking up the other 10, 11 issues or whatever, you would just be lost and frustrated. So that's kind of the beauty of podcasting. And it's the beauty of reading comic books sometimes is that you could pick up a Randall like this and just get some joy from it. Yeah, definitely. And I don't know if it's the whole story arc through this Brave and the Bold series. I would have at least it felt like me, maybe issue 11. May I had something to tie together? Man, with ain't this? no, ain't no way they could have done the story of Green Lantern getting his power battery stolen, yeah. Metamorpho getting kidnapped and changed and warped, and then Firestorm being trapped inside of Metamorpho, and then this whole Red Cloud thing. Yeah. Uh, they they need a, at least half a year's storyline to tell that. If you ask me. If it's Brian Michael Bendis, it's probably like, you know, two years. I'm yeah. kidding. I like Brian Michael <laughs> Bendis a lot. It is Wade, so you know Wade's a good storyteller. So he, he's probably building something up here. I, I just don't know. Yeah. I couldn't tell you, to be honest, uh, you know, how far back this goes. So that's what I'm really going to be enjoying as I listen to the other podcasters out there that are joining in on this JL May. So to hear all those other episodes to find out what this story is all about up to this point. And then where does it go? Looking forward to it. All right. With the story review out of the way, let's get on to the next thing that we ask. What did you think about the story art in this issue? We started with Jason. Let's go with his brother this time, Jared. You know, Jerry Ordway is that guy who can just draw everybody good. <laughs> Agree. <Yep. laughs> you know, he's just that guy. I've, I've seen him at a couple of cons and he just, how do I, hmm, Herb, Herb Trimpey? Is he the Herb Trimpey of the DC Universe? He just cranks out good quality stuff all the time, on time, always looks good. You know, not flashy, not not McFarlane or Eric Larson or Jim Lee, but just solid as all get out. And I mean that in the most complimentary way possible. Everybody looked good. He had to draw big moments. He had to draw complicated things. He had to draw Magistus, you know, and... <laughs> Yes. He probably didn't have a lot of practice on that one. I mean, he's most famous for his Superman work, right? He's most famous mm -hmm. for his Superman work. So you know he's going to nail that. He's going to nail Ultraman. He's going to nail down Supergirl just fine and all that. But, man, he just, everybody looked good. Everybody looked solid. And once again, my focus goes to, surprise, surprise, the challengers. And because the challengers are tough because, you know, especially the dudes, you know, they kind of all look the same until you color them. 
So uh, imagine reading the showcase, which is in black and white, and half the time you're like, hmm. Yeah. Uh, who's this? <laughs> yeah. They do a pretty good job of giving like slightly different hairstyles and, and slightly different faces, but he just did a great job. So I'll let somebody else go on. But Jerry Ordway, thumbs up all the way. Yeah, definitely. I think this was a great collaboration between Wade, Ordway, you know, doing the storytelling that he, Ordway does in his drawing is just amazing. This was really great to look at. The color, again, pops as well, too. This really, to me, I, I like this poppy color that just makes things stand out a lot on this. Oh, and I, I wouldn't be doing my job as an inker if I didn't shout out Bob Wycheck and all the tech and stuff he had to yeah. ink in this. You know when he got those pages in the mail or if it was email by this point, he was like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Why does it have to be? Majesticus. Yeah, Majesticus in his <laughs> stupid armored suit. <laughs> ah! But he's kind of cool. That kind of guy's kind of cool looking guy. I'd have to give him that for, for his break, outfit. Break out your templates, Bob. You're going to need some straight lines and some French curves. <laughs> <laughs> Delvin, what did you think about the art? About Majestus, real quick. I thought he, he looked like Dr. Wiley to me, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, Dr. you know, make a man reference. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see it now. I yeah. see it now. Okay. I, I thought, looking at it at first, that Perez drew the book. So when I just looked before the show started and it said Jerry Ordway, I was like, oh, which is a compliment. Like, because mm-hmm. I think George Perez, duh, can draw his behind off. So if I thought that somebody came in and I honestly thought that that was Perez. And you know how sometimes if you have like a, a series and then They'll bring a guest penciler in and they you could tell that the editor told the guest penciler, draw like the regular penciler on this book. Maybe people won't notice. I didn't think that Ordway tried to do that by any means, but I honestly did think this was Perez. And I think Perez may have started drawing the first few issues of The Brave and the Bold. Could be wrong, but I think that's true. Either way, Ordway did a standout job. It was a, a excellent, high quality book and it's definitely one that you'd be proud to just pick up if you picked up a random comic book can anyone help me out i know jerry ordway is a name what else is what did he draw was Big he famous superman for and the uh, superman adventures of superman in the yeah. late 80s and early 90s i think okay okay gotcha it's my first so that would explain that would explain I why i didn't know. wouldn't know him as well i didn't collect superman I've collected Superman off and on, off and on, and um, maybe have some Ordway, but I wouldn't guess much in my collection. But he's a dang good artist. Yeah, DC ain't putting no B-teamers on their flagship title. Yeah, this uh, with Perez on the cover, Ordway on the inside, and Wade doing the writing. A great That's comedy. high quality. Yeah. yeah, that is that is clearly, at least at this point, who knows? I'm like Titles like Brave and Bold come and go, but... Yeah, you usually start out where you get some hot creator or creators. They're like, you know what? I want to do a run to at least like 12, 18 issues and see what happens from there. And then they'll usually do that. Then it'll kind of devolve in a B team creative cruise and then it'll peter mm-hmm. out. But those first 18, you better catch them. Definitely. Jason, what's your thoughts on the art? Along the lines of what Delvin was saying, I also thought that it was Perez. And in fact, I'm pretty sure it was Wade and Perez that started the Brave and Bold series when this kicked off. 
and that's kind of what hooked your boy into getting that when it when it first came out. I mean, you've got Mark Wade and you got George Perez and they're drawing Batman and others. It's 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 kind yeah. of a no brainer. You're gonna sink some money down and read the story. So when I looked at this, I like Delvin, I had to go back and check and I was like, holy cow, that's Jerry Ordway. And I've as you've been talking, I've been scrolling through here looking at some of the pictures. And of course George Perez was renowned for being able to draw just these elaborate backgrounds with machinery and and computers and just nth level detail. And as I'm looking at the uh I'm just gonna throw some consonants together, but this is this um laboratory <laughs> here. <laughs> the uh uh I mean it's it's got gears, it's got it's got ladders. I mean, it's just it's know, a, a it, amalgamation. It's of an amal- yes, and all I kinds mean, of stuff. He had to take forever to draw this thing, man. And then he drew these battle scenes, which were really good. I mean, it's always yeah. hard when you have a lot of heroes fighting against one villain. I think uh, for me, sometimes it just kind of looks like. It can look like one of those color form play sets from back in the day yeah, where you yeah. just throw a bunch of <laughs> bunch of dudes on there. But boy, those punches that Superman took looked hard. <laughs> and then I love that scene where he's kind of encasing that crystal stuff and he just busts out, just flexes his chest and, and breaks free. It just the emotions on the face look really good. Just everything is drawn really well. And you know, I I think that. If you don't have George Perez, well, Jerry Ordway, I guess that's a good good way to go. I agree, definitely. This villain, I don't know where he's from, so is he that big of a deal, you know, that he can take on this amount of super-powered people? And actually, you know, not only take it on, but what, he stole the ring, or he stole the power, he stole... Obviously, metamorpho somehow, and then he got a hold of Firestorm somehow. And you know what's going on? How does this guy do it? How does he be? How does he go from being you know a C to D to all of a sudden, boom? He's an A level guy now. He's get he and he's taking he's a bunch of notes. All these guys. <laughs> That's how you do it. So I I found it interesting and wanted to know more about this villain uh, just to figure out how he got to this point. I find it fascinating. I did some looking up. Uh, looks like he wasn't, he hasn't been in much. And he made most of his appearances in this run of The Brave and the Bold. He's been in like nine different books and five of them, he appeared in The Brave and the Bold. And another one in The Brave and the Bold, The Book of Destiny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he like, so, and then he appeared in uh, something in the New 52 called Future's End, which I don't even know what that was. <laughs> so yeah, he he wasn't he hasn't been around much. So mostly used for this run of okay. Brave and the Bold. Interesting. Thank you, Delwin, for the fact checking on the dark web. All right. Well, with that, let's go ahead then and hand it over to Jared to take us through a favorite page of the book. Well, we just talked about how good Jerry Ordway is, so let's find out what your favorite page of art was from this story. So if you're walking around the convention hall and there's Jerry and he says, I love the long box, you're saying you can have a free page of my art from the issue that you covered. What are you taking, Jason? I think I'm going to go with the one that I mentioned, and I'm sorry, I don't know what the page number is. Uh, It says it's 12, content page 12, where he's busting loose from Fifathis's 
little crystal encased thing. And then it's it's just a really good panel of that fight scene with Superman versus uh, Biff Baffus. And so I really like that one. <laughs> I love how you totally, <laughs> totally give it up on pronouncing his name. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I had I like I was like I'm in my head. I'm calling this guy something, and I just green shirt guy. <laughs> Majesto, or I don't know what to, I don't know. All right. Well, Pat, what do you think as far as best page? I mentioned it before. I'm going with Green Lantern when he, uh, where he recharges the ring already. Uh, I like that page just because I like how, and to see the, the green lantern y electricity all happening around like that. And then he is able to save everybody else in Wonder Woman's plane from burning up in the sun. Great moment, too. It shows that fearlessness, you know. He knew well that they could have got cooked on the way. Yeah. But he was like, if I can just get close enough, you know, and, and he had that confidence, that Hal Jordan confidence, you know, he the risked will. everybody else's life too. I don't know why, but <laughs> he got the job done. <laughs> uh, I mean, is you, are you really risking Superman's life? He'll be fine. <laughs> that, that was the thing though, but he didn't have any power though, right? Superman didn't have powers in this one. Yeah. Cause the sun wasn't not as low. much, right? Because the yeah. sun was young, yeah, he or, yeah the sun was green. His powers, yeah, he couldn't regenerate them. He was still powerful, but he could not stay at that one hundred percent power level. They were depleting. Mm. Delvin, you got the mic. I don't know the content page, but uh, the f- battle had been joined with the Superman and Mephistus and Magistus. <laughs> I'm <laughs> Jamis- doing it. Shamirquai, Magistus, You just missed us. <laughs> Made of <laughs> I, I started it. Well, I'm, I'm saying stop to myself. Uh, so yeah, Mag- Magistus is fighting uh, Superman and Ultraman, and he freaking turns his arm into a mallet and smacks the crap out of Superman. Then turns around and turns his other arm into this like huge gold battering ram basically and hits Ultraman with it so like he and before that he transmuted himself into gas because Ultraman was diving at him and so it made him whip through because he just completely just whipped through some gas so you got to see the full extent of Magistus's powers against two of the most powerful foes that anyone would ever face in one setting so I thought that was impressive. And for me, again, it changed based off of my history. You know, I would have originally picked a Superman doing cool Superman things page, but I'm going to take the page of June making her sacrifice just because it's such a cool yeah. moment. And yeah. I know I mentioned it before, but I just can't <laughs> underscore enough how much just having the history made the difference. Read them showcases, kids. That is history in those books. All right. Well, there's just one last thing for us to go over as we cover this issue. And that's, does this bring back any memories from June of 2008? Delvin, do you have a memory? Not from June 2008 per se. I can tell you that, okay, I, I, well, I, I do have one of sorts. I met Miranda in April of 2008. We started dating. And so around June 2008 was probably about the time that I met her parents uh, for the first time. I'd say that was kind of big. And then to go a little bit uh, further in the story, um, 
I was supposed to have a PCS, a permanent change of station, that summer. And for whatever reason, my command decided to delay that. And I don't know why, uh, but they delayed it until the following year. So I didn't leave San Antonio until 2009. Well, as uh, it turned out, Miranda said, well, if I had left that summer, she would have broken up with me because it would have been too soon for us. We had only just started dating for a few months and that really wouldn't have been enough time for her to want to establish a long distance relationship. So she was going to break up with me. But as it turned out, my uh, assignment got pushed off for a year later and that was enough that made her want to stick around. Nice story, Dylan. And the rest is history between you and Miranda. Yeah. We still together. After all these years. Cool. Jason. Can you top that? Mary left me in June of 2008. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it. I saw the juxtaposition. <laughs> yep, yep. No, yeah. I had uh, I graduated. <laughs> I'm kind of joking, but kind of not. I graduated college, got a job uh, at Department of Ecology, you know, after leaving that career in the Army. Mm-hmm. So I started a whole new career. And uh, yeah, yeah. My first wife left me soon <laughs> after that. So. Glad you found love, Delvin. I'm still working on it. All right, Jared, what's your memory? You know, not a whole lot. I just settled in here to where I live now. I finished my Air Force career in the summer of 07. So this would have been my first summer not in the military. Oh, okay. And uh, started my job teaching the training and the leadership stuff for the helicopter maintenance company. And that's about it, man. Just uh, going along and plugging along here and Getting settled in to sweet, sweet home Alabama. I think um, that was the summer of Iron Man, though. It's really sort of lit, lit the MCU candle. I want to say that was, I think 08 was the summer of Iron Man. You might be right. Incredible Hulk was actually a movie during this month. Oh, but oh it, and it was a follow on to Iron Man. So Iron Man must have come out earlier in the year then. Couldn't tell you. Because the after credit shot of Hulk yes. has got an Iron Man reference in it. It's all coming back to me now. So my memory is just of me being a dad at this time with two kids and a wife. That's about it. You know, um, living the good life. I'll say it's weird how once we get past the nineties on these long boxes, it's like, yeah, we were just, you know, yeah, (laughs) same thing we're doing now. Yeah. Basically (laughs) every once in a while, Jason's wife status will change. (laughs) (laughs) I'll add another cat or two. (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's where i was so nothing big at that time that's going to bring us to the end of this part of the show you got a comment or a question send us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com or make a comment on the longbox crusade twitter facebook instagram or youtube you can also call us and leave us a voicemail that we may play at the end of the show. Leave us a message at 707-532-5269. That's 707-532-LBOX. Pick up the phone. Pick up the phone. No. What, 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 what are you doing? weirder and weirder. <laughs> Stop it. We will be right back. All right, our bags are packed and we got the snacks. It's time for the Lombox Crusade road trip to the Lombox Mobile crew. Shotgun, shotgun. Dang it. Everyone buckled up. Here we go. Well, now that the garage is empty, 
Gene will have more space to record episodes of LBC Irregulars, the indexing of the Jeremy Brett Sherlock Holmes TV series. Oh no! Did anyone remember to leave Clinton some food down in the basement? He's gonna need it as he makes more episodes of Fan Film Fridays, his ongoing look at online fan films. Why are you speaking in such a scripted manner, Dark Web? Anyway, you can relax. I asked Rick, or was it Jeff? Who can remember? I asked the attic guy to come down from time to time to check in on Clinton. You know, take some breaks from recording Monday Movie Muck about his movie review show. Weezus call. Did you give Rick the key to the basement? Key. Sounds like LBC headquarters is in good hands, Death Probe. Right you are, Christados. Oh, Pat, can we stop off at KB Toy Store? I'm going to pick up some Transformers and G.I. Joes. They remind me of Transformers Chronicles and G.I. Joe Chronicles. Our show's going through the Marvel run of Transformers comics and the Devil's Due run of Joe comics. Well, while you guys are doing that, we can also stop by a Blockbuster video and get some tapes to watch for action film face-off. That's the show where we discuss two action films and have them duke it out to see which one is the episode champion. Is that VHS or Beta? Eh, either one's fine. We've got a lot of stops to make, but if we can, let's squeeze in the Walden books and score some comics for us to talk about on Crusader Chronicles, the show where we move chronologically through the Amazing Spider-Man comics and include a bonus issue from the same release date as the Spidey recovery. I will definitely keep an eye out for our Walden books. It'll come in handy for the Pure Lombok's Crusade episodes, our time capsule show where we take a deep dive into a randomly selected comic and talk about news, music, and movies, and ads that were popular when the books were released. I'll also be on the lookout for our electronic boutique, EB, if you guys don't know the lingo back then, so we can get some more comic-related video games for us to discuss on Comics to Council Crusade. Good thinking. If time permits, let's hit Circuit City. I need more positrons for our pop culture positcast show. The one where we find all the good stuff in pop culture, the others seem to poo-poo. Positrons? Shut up and go with it. These old-timey, out-of-business store jokes doing anything for you folks? Well, if you like old-timey stuff, we also offer Saturday Matinee Theater. Our look back at old TV shows, serials, and films that have kind of been forgotten. I think that about covers it. We definitely want to be your road trip crew, folks. Whether it's your commute to work or a road trip of your own, why not pass the time with us, your friends at the Long Box Crusade? Once again, that's Long Box Crusade, available on all your finer podcatchers. Good job, team. I'm getting hungry. Pat, stop at the next Kenny Rogers Roasters that you see. Or Pentagons. Burger Chef! Welcome back from the break. Let's continue on with the show. Now it's time to scan through the featured issue of Brave and the Bold, number 12, for the top ads that stood out to us in a segment called Add It Up. Add It Up. Here are the ads that stood out to us in this issue. Delvin, what ad stood out to you? We didn't talk to each other about which ads we were going to pick, so hopefully I'm not picking one that somebody else was going to pick, but I saw Batman R.I.P., and I guess... It was reminiscent of, I guess this was about crisis time because Batman R.I.P. ended in crisis. It was, I'm pretty sure, the end of Grant Morrison's run on Batman. And I didn't know what the hell was going on (laughs) during that storyline. Like, it was confusing. It's like, did he die? And he kind of did. And then he reappeared in the middle of crisis with no explanation. It was weird, and it was Grant Morrison, but you're supposed to just appreciate it because it's Grant Morrison, even though he's just confusing (laughs) all the time. 
<laughs> it's like All he's like telling you, I, I'm I'm so sophisticated, you don't even get it. And I'm like, sure. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Right. It's like, could, could you could you tell a story that, you know, people understand? <laughs> I'm an artistic genius. <laughs> okay. You're something, all right. All right. Well, yeah. <laughs> I pick up my Gru so, yeah, comic Batman and I'm like, R&D. oh, Gru. <laughs> <laughs> Gru stole a loaf of bread. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jared, what ad stood out to you? Let me tell you something, Pat. Much like I'm on a theme tonight. Much like my Challenges of the Unknown showcase gave me an appreciation for the story. Mm-hmm. I would never in a million years have thought sweet tart ropes were a candy worth a... I don't bleep it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'll use poop. I was like, sweet tart ropes? No, thank you. All right? But let's flash forward to 2008, and I'm becoming friends with my buddy Clint, who lives here, and he loves the sweet tart ropes. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ew. And he's like, try one. And oh my God. They're 82% of the reason why I have diabetes right now. <laughs> Sweet tart rolls are incredibly good. Oh my gosh, they are a delicious candy. I would eat them all the time if I could. Now, this particular ad has them being mixed with nerds, like they have nerds inside. Oh, which could yeah. be pretty good. I've never seen, I mean, I never tried them because by the time I came to this candy, I don't know that that was necessarily available with the nerds inside, but I'd try that. But man, Sweet Tart Ropes. Two thumbs up. That is a delicious candy. They do look somewhat delicious. Sweet tarts. I love sweet tarts. I like the soft sweet tarts. Mm. Oh, man. Those are the best. Yeah, this is. Yeah. I always, you know, associate sweet tarts with like the candy that looks like penicillin and kind of tastes like it, too. That Mm -hmm. (laughs) you take. Right. But (laughs) the ropes are so freaking good, man. Mm. Sweet tart. I want some sweet tart ropes. I'm hungry now. now. Jason, what ad stood out to you? All right, I've settled on, and this is what I get for not being prepared. I had to go last. I get it. But I'm going to go with DC versus Wildstorm. When universes clash, can either survive? You know, I have this miniseries, I am certain, in my long box and have never read it. And I I need to because I was a big fan of Wildcats. I see Grifter up on in there. It uh, looks like we've got some Apollo, or not Apollo, but uh, Midnighter back there. So it looks cool. Uh, it's probably a gimmick, but it'll be a fun gimmick. That house ad by- looked pretty fire. It yeah. did. The car was dope. It's written by Keith Given. Pretty Can't good. go wrong. No, not at all. For my ad, I'm going to pick the Ben 10 Alien Force ad from the Cartoon Network. Like I said, Going back to my memories, this does bring back a memory to me of, you know, being a dad with my son at this time, seven, eight years old. So he's watching the Cartoon Network, got this cool show called Ben 10. And it's a show that I could actually sit down and watch it with him, you know, that I was getting into it. And it has a story, that evolving story along with it where Ben's got this cool watch, can do different things. Now, this time around, he can do different alien changes and all that. It's cool. And, you know, if I bet you behind the scenes here, there's probably a bunch of Ben 10 toys and the Ben 10 watch that my son has that I can probably dig out over there and just bring back those fun memories of sitting there. Do you there. have a bin of Ben 10 toys? Ben you have 10? a Ben 10 toy bin? Yeah. You have at least 10 Ben 10 toys in the Ben 10 toy bin? Jared. Hmm. <laughs> Are you yeah, familiar with the TV show Rin Tin Tin? Because you can watch Rin Tin Tin while you play with the Ben Tin toys uh, from the Ben Tin. No, I'm not. No, throw an old Ben from Star Wars toys, an old Ben into the Ben Tin. 
to bring it back though, Pat, I have never in my life heard anybody say a bad word about Ben 10. I think it's no, a universally heard... loved show. <laughs> yeah, it was actually a really good show that you you wouldn't think it was, but it's really cool. I remember the Ben 10 show and I remember Grant liking it, but there was one that you liked even more and it was they they had like a whole toy line of it with this big like a 12-inch action figure. With all these different accessories. It was like Action Man, but it was something else where this young man has has like nanotechnology in his body. Max can, Steel? Max Steel, Max that's Steel. the one. Yeah. Max Steel, yeah. That was pretty good too. Like yeah, that, that wasn't a bad one as well. With the ads out of the way. Now let's go ahead and continue on with Way Back in Time. Once again, it is time to take another revealing peek back into history. What famous date shall I set it to today, Mr. Peabody? June? 2008. Got it. On June 17th, NBA Finals, Boston Celtics beat the Los Angeles Lakers 131 to 92 in game six for the first title since 1986 and their 17th title overall. The MVP was Paul Pierce, and Kevin Garnett said, Anything is possible. That is a huge win. <laughs> <laughs> 131 to 92. To 92. Yeah. <laughs> wow. They just destroyed them. Or as the the beer guy said in the old commercial. Wow. Wow. <laughs> well, on June 27th, Bill Gates steps down as chairman of Microsoft Corporation to work full time for the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. All right. I'll do something a little tied into our love of James Bond. In fact, I love James Bond so much. I refuse to see this movie. On June 30th, Mamma Mia came out. Stars Meryl Streep, Pierce Brosnan, Colin Firth. There was a third guy in there. A third famous guy was in that movie, but I can't remember who it was. Because there was three dudes. Alan Alda. There you go. There's another guy. There's one more guy. <laughs> I don't know. I'm making names up now. I, I, honestly, I, I haven't seen it. But I know it's like based around, uh, I think it was originally a Broadway play based on the music of yes. ABBA. And, Mamma you know, Mia. You know, I love uh-huh. Pierce Brosnan too much to watch him do that. But, but I, but I, you know, shout out to my boy Pierce. Man's got to eat. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he got bills to pay. Whatever. He's he's a handsome dude, no matter what yeah, he said. Yeah, and he's saying pretty good. I, I watched it. The ladies like the movies. I'm gonna choose June twelfth, and Coldplay released their fourth studio album, "Viva la Vida or Death," and it was a winner of three Grammys. That you year. put a gun to my head right now and ask me to do one song off that, and I would get shocked. <laughs> All you got to do if you want to hear some Coldplay, you know, take one of those old wall-mounted phones, take it off so you can hear the dial tone, and just start smashing buttons, man. That's all it sounds like to me. So something much nicer to say, Miranda loves Coldplay. She's a uh, huge fan of Coldplay. Good. My, my comment man. was not meant as disparaging. I just can't think of one. Sure. <laughs> oh, my God. I know the song Viva La Vida. Viva La Vida, yeah. I used to rule the world. Okay, I know that song. Hey, drop it, drop it. Come on, hit it while he's singing. it. All right, well, let's go and get off of those before Jason goes any further. Unless he's going to say something bad about the top three movies. Let's go ahead and hit the top three movies. For June 2008, and we'll have Jason start us off. 
Ooh, number three was a comic book movie, Wanted. How much did it make? Wow, that's a lot of money. $415 million? That's quite a haul. That's Angelina Jolie. Yeah, early Chris Pratt. Yeah. Really? And right. Was Chris Pratt the star of that movie? No, McAvoy no, was. McAvoy Chris Pratt was, was his yeah. a-hole friend from work that was sleeping with his girl on the side. Oh, okay. Gotcha. to the face. <laughs> and, and the keys spell out. <laughs> but, but because you needed two U's, one of the U's was his tooth. <laughs> I saw the theater. I think I did too. Yeah. More I didn't Freeman. know what this also one was. Mm-hmm. Shoot that mother. Beep. Yes. Mark, it was good. It was, it was nothing like the graphic novel, actually, but still a good movie. Man, that was a cool scene, though, when McAvoy was shooting everybody up at the end. As he was running out of bullets, the people he was killing were like falling and dropping their guns. He was catching their guns of the people he just shot out of midair and shooting more people with those guns. Oh, yeah, that was good stuff. That was good. That was good stuff. Go ahead and take us to number two, Jaren. All right. Number two was a Pixar movie called Wall-E, and it made $700 million. And that makes me remember, remember how we talked about nothing exciting happens to us as we get to 2000s. June of 2008, I was in Costa Rica. with I took a trip to Costa Rica with Johanna because I remember this huge banner movie poster at the mall for Wall-E. And I saw The Incredible Hulk while I was there. So you mentioned that earlier, Pat. Hulk movie. Was which, is, which would make sense then why you were thinking it came out in June. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, Wall-E was number two. And to this day, I've not seen it. I haven't either. either. Me neither. Four for four. All right. Well, coming in at number one was everybody was kung fu fighting coming in at number one is kung fu panda i saw that one i actually haven't seen that one i've seen it it's good good fun times with the kung fu panda that made $771 $771 million. Woo. A lot of money. Mm. That is a lot. It's a lot of bamboo shoots. Yes. All right. Let's go ahead and get to the top three songs according to Billboard at this time. Delvin, what is number three? The number three song at this time was The Time of My Life by David Cook. The American Idol winner. American Idol winner, yes. Is this a, a remake uh, of the I've had the time of my life? No, no, it, it, it's a different song. More than a name or face in the crowd, I know this is the time. This is the time of my life. Fake, fake memories. Mm. Yeah. I do Sing along if you know it, Jason. <laughs> I mean, I, it's getting so, so recent that these guys don't even know it. Now you know how I feel when... In the 90s. Well, Jason, why don't you go ahead and tell us what number two was and see if you... I would be glad to tell you what number two is, Pat. Number two is Bleeding Love by Leona Lewis. And it goes something like this. Bleeding love. Bleeding love. (laughs) No. I've Closed up from love, I didn't need the pain. Once there you go, Jared. But it was all in vain. Would you get that hot of that, or would you rather hear bleeding love? Man, I like that. I like bleeding love. It was a good song. It's a good song. She holds that note there at the end. Oh my goodness, I like that. I don't care who knows it. I love it. It's a good song. It is. Jared, bring us to number one. Number one. 
is Lollipop featuring Lil Wayne, not to be confused with Big Wayne or Bruce Wayne, but it does feature Static Major. Lollipop. Lollipop, lollipop, oh lolly, 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 lollipop. Yep, that's lollipop, the one. Lollipop, it's not. It's not. Boom, lollipop. It is not the one. I got to be honest. The only one I really remember from this was Bleed, though. I don't remember Lollipop by Lil Wayne. I have to go back and listen to that. I remember it. Like, uh, I'm not going to repeat Sing some it. of the lyrics. Yeah. yeah, I'm not going to repeat some of the lyrics, but I do remember the song. Lollipop code for in this song. Is that what's going on here? Uh, not really. I mean, it's just sort of talking about met a girl at the club and she licked me like a lollipop. That's the main gist of it. It's to lick me like a lollipop. Got the potion and the ocean to cure my ills. She's got skills. <laughs> hey, hey. Is that it? Oh. That's the one. <laughs> Stop it. Skills. How about my boy lollipop? Makes my heart go giddy up. Pat, take your show back. Is that it? <laughs> it's it's past midnight. It's almost midnight. After midnight. All right. All right. All right. All right. Shake your tambourine. Okay. No more lollipop or <laughs> my meds have kicked in. The whatever. Clearly. That- Whatever that nerd ropey thing, whatever you wanted, you can't have any more of that sugar oh, stuff man, I anymore. I want the sweet tart ropes. No more sweet tart rope. Nope. Nope. Not anymore. That is going to bring us to the end of this part of the show. You've got a comment or a question? Send us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com or leave a comment on the Twitter at longboxcrusade. We will be right back. Boom, boom, boom. boom. <laughs> Spider-Man and the Cupcake Caper. Peter Parker is in Mary Jane Watson's apartment when suddenly he sees a familiar enemy. MJ, you'll have to excuse me for a minute. Uh Uh-uh. You have this thing, Tiger, and I hate it. Every time there's trouble, you disappear. Relax, MJ. All I want to do is get some milk we have with these hostess cupcakes. Uh, Sure, Peter. Anything to avoid reality, but at least this time you left me with a really delicious snack. Devil's food cake, chocolate, king creamy filling. I hate having Mary Jane think I'm a coward, but there's no other way I can slip into my Spider-Man role. And only Spidey can handle Man Mountain Marco. Don't look now, Marco. But the mountain just became a molehill. Webhead, we don't understand you, but we sure appreciate the help. Thanks, guys. Meanwhile, I've got a quart of grade A to deliver. Sorry it took me so long, MJ, but I um, got a little bit uh, distracted. Yeah. Well, no sweat, Peter. The hostess cupcakes you left me with were a lot more rewarding to me than you ever been. Brother, if she only knew. You get a big delight in every bite of Hostess Cupcakes. Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the feedback part of the show where we share your comments, emails, questions, likes, and shares in a segment called Crusader Comments. We are thrilled to kick off these comments with special shout-outs to our Crusader Club members. These are the fine folks that have joined our crusade. They enjoy early access to the special long box 
Crusade episodes, voting to help determine show content, and so much more. These are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show. And Helica Wolf. Albert Elvis. Blast it or stash it. Braxton Underwood. Captain Entropy. Clinton Robinson. Dave Badawangan Collins. Gary V. Gerald Green. Jason Keane. Jason Lady. Jeremy L. Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman. I hope you like Jim Jarman too. Jim Value Meal. Joe Thomas. John Watson. Josh Strickland, Candace Ward, Kathy MVP Bright, Mark Ross, Maxwell Traver, Miranda W, PD Devins, Paul Hicks, Rick from Jeff and Rick Present, Rob Morgan, Ryan Daly, Samantha Maney, Sean Urbanski, Spidey 67, Spreadsheet, Steve Cronin, Tim Price, Tony Pennington, and Toronto Cup. If we missed anyone on our list, we apologize. Please keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance of release. So if you're a recent addition, we should be adding you soon. But still, no worries. Just let us know that we missed you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com and we will get it straightened out. As a reminder, you can become a Crusaders Club member by heading over to patreon.com and searching for Longbox Crusade. For as little as $1 a month, you'll get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. Come check it out. Don't have any extra scratch lying around, but still want to help us out here at LBC headquarters? Please take a moment to write a review on Apple Podcasts for this podcast. Even if you just want to keep it short with just star ratings, it helps raise the profile of the show and we will share your review on the next show. Now we have social media shares and retweets from Longbox Crusade episode 37 featuring Green Lantern uh, from 1994, I believe. And again, just as a reminder, we only uh, share now the names of those who uh, retweet or leave comments. Is that correct, Pat? I said that right? Yes, yes. That is correct, Dylan. So if you want to be included on the list now, please retweet us and share the love with other people to enjoy the podcast. And we will start off with Jason. Days of High Adventure Podcast. Fan Film Fridays. Coffee and Comics. And last but not least, Deborah Smith, the Dame. Now we move on to social media comments uh, from, I'll start, uh, one from John Tipton says, Jared's revelation that he owns the original unedited artwork for the fridge scene reveal framed and on his wall was particularly interesting. You don't have that on your wall, do you, John? I mean, Jared? I think he's teasing me. Uh, no, I, I don't have, I, I looked it up when I was doing research for the show and I didn't mm-hmm. know that there was an unedited version, but no, it is not framed on <laughs> my wall. Uh, it's, it's not my bag, baby. This sort of thing is not. <laughs> <laughs> well, Herbert Fung jumps in and he says, who would have guessed this scene would create a term used to define a trope in all forms of media. Hey, <laughs> I won't complain <laughs> about it anymore. It, it, it is what it is. We, we appreciate that. Jared. Uh, but we only, further, <laughs> examination no, i'm just kidding <laughs> you can call us and leave a voicemail that we will play on the show right here leave us a message at 707-532-5269 that's 707-532 lbox anybody but jason <laughs> pick up the phone 
thank you to everyone for the likes, shares, follows, and comments. We appreciate your friendship and help in spreading the word about this podcast. And that's the show. Be sure to check out the website, lawnboxcrusade.com, where posts will be made for journaling this crusade. Thanks again for listening to this very special episode for JL May 2023. Please check out the It All Comes Back to Superman podcast from Michael Bailey that covers the Brave and the Bold issue number 11 that might answer some of the questions of how we got to this episode. Then head on over to Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast and give a listen to El Sedano and Tim Price talk about Brave and the Bold issue number 13. Be on the lookout for that. And you might be asking yourself, how could I be on the lookout for that? Yeah, I have, I have a question. Yeah, Delvin. How how well how, how can I be on the lookout for that? Well, Delvin, I am glad you asked. You can check out all the other podcasts covering JL May 2023 by following the event on social media using the hashtag hashtag JL May 2023. Jared? Hashtag JL May 2023. Jason. Hashtag JL May 2023. And Delvin. Hashtag JL May 2023. And now you know. All right. I want to thank Jared, Jason, and Delvin for joining me on this episode. But before we go, let's find out where the listeners can find us on the internet. Jason. Well, I'm dipping my toe back into at Jason Albrick on Instagram. Delvin. You can find me on Twitter, D-E-E underscore R-A-Y-1977, and Delvin Ray on Instagram if you feel so inclined. Jared, where can people find you? I am at Yard Sale Artist, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's all at Yard Sale Artist. I am also all found at www.theyardsaleartist.com. I'm also Delvin Ray on Instagram, which is weird. And you know what? I want to give a quick shout out to the people who dropped the comments and the retweets and stuff, because that episode that we just the green lantern one that one came out today yeah <laughs> so those are comments and retweets with from within the last not even 24 hours so thank you to you early birds who jumped on that thank you jared for um, making that known uh, was- or if you commented on it and we didn't read it don't feel slighted because it's literally been out for a few hours as we're recording this episode exactly and with that you can find me on the twitter at christatos01 and if you want to interact with us via live chat and be entered to win some free stuff on our live raffles. Join us on our next episode of Doing It Livestream over on YouTube. We do them on the second Sunday of every month, and we always start at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. You can get signed up for that by looking up Lombox Crusade on YouTube. Please subscribe to our channel and click the bell so you will get the reminder notifications of when we go live. And you never know when we go live. In fact, just recently, Jared had a live one come up. That you were covering what movie, Jared, was yeah, it? Yeah, I did Dragon Slayer from 1981. I'm probably going to do a few more of those because I've been just tweeting about movies I missed in the 80s. And it's generated a lot of conversation on Twitter. So yes. I thought, eh, I'll do a little pop-up live stream. And it was fun. I had a couple of our friends stop by and say hello. And you can pop up by and say hello, too, by clicking that reminder bell. So go ahead. Go out there. Do it. Subscribe it. Smash that like. Hit that subscribe. And tap that bell. With that, we want to thank you all for joining us and listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Lombox Crusade. You got a comment or a question, there's multiple ways of getting a hold of us, and that is either by email at contact.lomboxcrusade.com or leaving a comment on the Facebook, Instagram, Twitter page, 
all at Longbox Crusade. But until next time, take care and please join us on the next episode as we continue on the crusade to The intro music is provided by musical genius Joe November. Check out his SoundCloud at J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-9-9. You won't regret it. All songs, song clips, and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics. Outtakes. Then give a listen to Coffee and Comics Podcast, where Clinton and Billy D will be covering Brave and the Bold issue number 14. Jared? He's nuts. Yeah, Jason got it. Thank you. I didn't, you know, I put that in the script, but I didn't even know that it was going to be a, these nuts jokes. That's how, that's how I'm dedicated to it. We love you, Billy D, but we have rules. You should totally play like the Jail May promo from like 2015. <laughs> <laughs> it's JL May. Do they know it's JL May at all? I'm sorry, I still like that song. We'll tell you all. <laughs> All about the the silvery. I nailed that one. It's not great. Actually, I have to cough. (coughs) Polenta hit my throat. Almost died. Go on mute. Go on mute. (laughs) Yep, I saw it. (sighs) Violated my own damn rule. All right. Starting back in three, two, one. All right, I gotta go. I'll be right back. I gotta help Melinda find her phone. Duty calls. <laughs> so, I'll be right back. <laughs> Maybe you didn't hear me. Duty calls, he said. Did you find the phone? Yep. Because you said you had to find the phone, and I said duty calls. Because of the phone. Because the phone. Find the phone. Oh. Duty calls. Duty calls. Anyway, Iron Man no came out in May of 2008. <laughs> I don't get it. Calls, like phone calls, duty calls. You had to find duty. the phone. She couldn't find the phone, so duty calls. Duty calls. Oh, I'm thinking I'm going up duty. Like, no, not duty. You're on the wrong word. (laughs) Yes, I'm on. I'm hanging on the wrong word. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? She wasn't on them. Why is poop calling me? (laughs) I don't get it. (laughs) Uh, uh, It makes you feel any better. That's where my head first went when he said it too. So I get uh, stuck on it as long. But anyway, Iron Man came out in May of 2008. Okay. Duty? Is that you calling? Stop it. <laughs> we will be right back. So take me away. I don't mind. But you gotta promise me to be back in time. Oh, it, well, I'm tired, but it has to be done.